We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, what's good, LL Nation? Lucky Lefty Podcast. We are in the building, waiting for my man Malik Zaire to join us right now. We are featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. If you are in the South Bend area, somewhere around the campus, wherever your local spirits are sold, Ask them about Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. What's up, everybody? LL Nation, thank you for tapping in. We got a special guest. It is still Malik's birthday week, and we have been celebrating since Monday, and we're going to continue to celebrate. Special guest tonight, special guest tomorrow night, and then we have another special guest ending out the week on Friday. So. Trying to wait for Malik to get on. He said he needed five minutes, like 10 minutes ago. Uh, he's finally getting all of his equipment back in order. And hopefully you guys have a question, comment that we'll get to later on in the show. Of course, as always, we'll have the petty train. We'll knock that out. And once we're done with our special guests, we'll begin to talk about the path to greatness for one Tyler Buckner this spring. The path to greatness for one Tyler Buckner. DA, I see you, DA number 36 bus. No, this is the uh, Sydney Moncrief. This is the Sydney Moncrief Bucks joint. <laughs> Dude, Matt 2011 GT, thank you for tapping in. Waiting for Malik is like waiting for my wife. Oh, man. So, LL Nation, we thank you. And uh, I'm going to give them maybe a few more seconds. And after that, I'm going to bring on the special guest who's in the wings waiting. Um, you guys would know him. Appreciate him so much for giving us some time to come on, talk a little bit about Notre Dame, Notre Dame football, and what he's doing in his life. And uh, whenever uh, Malik joins us, I'm sure the conversation will take off then about some of the times they shared.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. at Notre Dame. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our special guest today. He was known as number three, all-around athlete, player. He was a transfer in, so I want to talk about that. And then we'll talk about the difference between the two programs that he was part of that happened to be rivals. So let's welcome in LL Nation to the Lucky Lucky Podcast, number three in your hearts. Notre Dame's own Amir Carlisle. Welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's going on, my brother? Uh, thank you, thank you, man. Nothing much, nothing much. Just enjoying this nice Wednesday afternoon. How about with yourself, man? Great. We're waiting for Malik to join us. I think he's handling some daddy duties before he can hop on. <laughs> I don't but, feel that. Yo, just let let the Notre Dame fan base know what you've been up to. Since the time you left Notre Dame, I see that you're still back up in North North California, yeah, where you uh, were born and, and raised. So, yeah. uh, what do you, what do you have going up there? Yeah, man. So, shoot, been on the entrepreneurial journey for a few years now. Um, it's been a been an awesome journey. Um, actually, we're launching. We can dive deeper into this, uh, but launching a, a, a digital banking platform. Um, mm. You know, one of my passions. Uh, you know, shoot, my whole life has really been you know, financial inclusion and really, you know, empowering, you know, underserved communities around this concept of financial literacy. And um, that's really been been my passion project since I've, you know, stopped playing. It's about how can we provide better systems to really educate, provide access to resources, opportunities, and, uh, you know, and capital um, for people that traditionally haven't had that access. So I've been, you know, knee deep, neck deep um, in this this fintech world um you know since my my playing days so it's, it's it's definitely been been fun i'm out here in the bay so you know 
having a chance to rub elbows with all of these great minds out here. It's, it's infectious. So just building, building men, trying to build for a better future is really what I've been up to. I'm glad you brought that up. Recently, I read an article and they were talking about how the tech industry really hasn't jumped on the NIL train like some of the schools up there in Northern California anticipated. You know, why do you think that is the case? Are they sitting back waiting or is it just the star power with the programs out there really hasn't drawn the attention of tech companies? Yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of both. Um, you know, from the people that I've had a chance to to get to know, you know, many of them kind of approach life as investors and it's, you know, life, you're investing your time each day. And, you know, when they're building companies, you know, you're investing in a return on your investment. And so, you know, with NIL being so new, you know, I, I'd uh, assume that many people just don't want to dive in head first who are, who are in that space and want to just kind of get an understanding of really what the value is being brought to the company and what value can be brought to the athletes themselves. Um, and then also too, shoot, you know, a star power thing. I don't, right now, I'm not really as familiar with the, the athletes that are coming up out of the schools around here right now. Yeah. Um, but shoot, it's not like a, you know, a Bryce Young or, you know, these, these star athletes at, you know, Alabama, Ohio state type of brand. So that also plays into it. You know, at the end of the day that these companies want to make money and, and make money with a larger following. So I think that that plays a little role into it as well. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're yeah. pleased to have former Notre Dame great Amir Carlisle on the program. And now the birthday boy. We've been mm -hmm. representing his birthday all yeah. week. What's good, Overtime? We here with it. We here with it, young Amir. Good, Malik. How are you? Uh, What's, man, your, it's, it's, yeah. What's your birthday? Uh, it was yesterday, the 28th. Oh, man, I'm terrible. Happy birthday, bro. Happy man, birthday, man. You know how it is. It's just I got my grand piano back here. Man, you know, you back feel in the spot. it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice spot. So we were, uh, we were, Malik, man, we were just talking about the tech companies up in the Bay Area shying away from being connected to the programs up there and not really grabbing hold to NIL and investing in players. And because Stanford, San Jose State, they actually anticipated that they might have an advantage being so close to the tech companies. And Amir was just telling us why that is. And I just want to go into this, man, because we kind of talked about this yesterday. Hey, that's a dope varsity jacket, my brother. You represent. Hey, still rocking it to this yes, day. Sir. To this hey, day. That was a harder work. You got yours still, Malik? Oh, you know I got mine. Oh, I, I, I wear it on special occasions when I yeah, step out. Step out the man. house just right. You know, so, Will. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Will lost his jacket. He was over here emailing Reggie <laughs> Reggie Brooks. Like, man, I need to get my jacket. I need my jacket. I said, ah, dad, how you lose your jacket, man? <laughs> how you lose your jacket? That's like yeah, losing cool. your helmet. Right, man, that's, and that's Rudy we wearing. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. The reason I brought up your jacket, other than it being super fresh, mm -hmm. is that we were talking about Notre Dame players in the new legacy program that Marcus Freeman has put together. And former Notre Dame players have received emails about what's going to be going on surrounding this year's Blue and Gold game and monthly Zoom links and meetings between current players, former players, and coaches and staff. And we heard what Wes Pritchett, a former Notre Dame player, member of the 1988 championship team, had to say. He said he hadn't been invited to a blue and gold game in 35 years. 
And he was just <laughs> happy that somebody from Notre Dame reached out. Malik, you talked to Tim Brown during the Super Bowl week out there in L.A., and he said he wasn't coming back to a game until Notre Dame treated him right and, and got him a spot and, you know, let him gave him access to the stadium without having to have a ticket. You, yeah, he's like, he ain't staying in no hotels, man. Right, right. Amir, when you wear that jacket and with the blood, sweat, and tears that you put in to earn that jacket, mm. do you feel like you should automatically have field access anytime you show up in South Bend? Yeah, I, I say so. I say so. You know, we man, we went through a lot. We went through a lot. Camp Kelly, spring yeah. six a.m. Yeah, man, you know, we at least look pregame field access. Maybe you know we don't need to be on there the, the whole time. We're, but, we ain't trying to know. steal the show from yeah, the team, yeah. but yeah, you know, pre- we, we need our pictures. <laughs> you know, pregame field access. Then we'll go up to the booth or whatever we got to go on. Matter of fact, sit us right in the front. I mean, you know, where yeah. the recruits. But like, right? You know, let us know that we out there supporting mm-hmm. full force. I mean, I feel that. <laughs> so, man, no, tell me about it. Like, would you prefer, like, you see with Alabama, Georgia, and other SEC programs? Do you want that vibe? Do you guys want that vibe? Well, you just right there on the field. Well, Georgia has like Quavo on the sideline, and he didn't even. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, right. they really, they really be going crazy on. Anytime Georgia's playing a big game, their sideline looks like the like the club or something. So, uh, obviously, that that plays into a part for them wanting to come back because they have such great success, and it must mean teams that do that. Alabama does something similar, but teams that do do that usually win championships. I mean, Alabama had, what, like Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry doing a coin toss one year <laughs> in, street, in street clothes. So it's like uh, that type of family is only generated when you're having a lot of success on a, in a program like that where guys want to come back because they usually win it all the time. So being seen and remembered is something that uh, it happens a lot when you're coming from a winning program. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Amir Carlisle is joining us once again. Amir, before we get into, like, talking about specific games and your time in Notre Dame and, like, what made you ultimately transfer in from USC, were you part of this whole basketball trash talk when you were at Notre Dame? Because I said, yeah. your, brothers, your brothers talk a lot of trash, man. And I don't know yeah. if I trust whether any of them yeah. can really hoop. So, so I was pretty, you know, I was the captain of the teams. It was you, me versus Everett Gosen's teams most of the times. And I was, I was a facilitator. I mean, Malik saw more, you know, me and Ev used to go, you know, we used to go to battle out there because he didn't pass to anybody. I couldn't play with him. So I used to go, <laughs> I used to go against him all the time. But now, nah, it, man, I, we used to have some, some great, great times out there in, in Rolf's playing five on five. Proudest moment when we went toe to toe. With the basketball team, I was like, okay, That's you right. know, we we got something here. We got some athletes here. With uh, with CJ, CJ was bodying Bonzi Colson. That's right. Fell down. That's the party out there still playing. <laughs> we said, man, we look, we're athletes. That's what we we showed. We said football players, we athletes. Uh, but nah, I I was definitely top top three. I was top three out there. Oh. It's all around skills. Like I wasn't the scorer. But I was a facilitator. I was a game manager. I was the leader. Made sure my team was in the right defense. They were hedging their screens, helping uh, off. Uh, you know. So he was communicating. Oh, man. Hey, hey, I got a good Johnson. story. 
I got a good story. Malik going to be mad about this story because he always tells it differently. So we were playing two on two <laughs> with Doug Randolph and Max Redfield. And, and Doug was surprisingly athletic. I didn't realize Doug could actually, like, jump. I didn't know Doug was, like, a real, like, he could move like that. And it was game point. And so Malik was on Doug. I was on Max. Doug drove by Malik. I looked like I was about to help, but he had a look in his eye. Malik came around the side of him, and he dunked on Malik for game. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, remember, he he said he drove past past Malik, caught up on his side, about to help, and then I said, nah, and Malik got dunked on. So so ask me here, did he jump? Did did you jump up there and there? I didn't even jump. I didn't even jump. I said, look, I'm not trying to put myself in that situation right now. So I let Malik take it. I was a bad teammate. I should have, you know, tried to take a charge or something. Are you but, sure you wasn't in the air? I'm pretty sure you was the reason why hey, they was going and on. Because hey, remember, they drove past me. Hey, I wasn't in the air at all. I can, I remember that clearly. But I do say this, though. I do say this. Malik was one of the top players out there. That was my two-on-two partner. We That's stuck right. together. Regardless, <laughs> that was just our low moment. That was the low moment of our two-on-two day. <laughs> Yo, I have to say, Malik, you know this, man. Everybody, CJ, Tory, like everybody we've talked to, everybody was top three. <laughs> everybody thinks they're top three. Everybody, the top three was big. Man. The top three was man. big. It's C- a lot of people CJ play. wasn't top three. CJ could not shoot. <laughs> yeah, CJ, CJ would break the backboard. Yeah, he's a backboard killer. But athlete. the one thing that comes out of everybody's mouth, that cat Ev was a gun. <laughs> everybody says that. He's Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook. He could make him, though. He could make him. He just wasn't. He was a gun, and he just would be mad if you didn't pass him the ball. Yeah, he would so be like, why are you not pa- – like, why he, passing to me? Yeah. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't He do would it. make the, the game very unpleasant at times. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would be have an attitude if you took it out or if you had a shot. He'd be like, what are you shooting right. for? This right. is my <laughs> Basically. Bro, well, that's out, exactly – Out of all the conversations, I think the most that's been shocking to myself and LL Nation and Notre Dame fans is that – Several of the players were like, yo, that cat Mike McGlinchey could really hoop. <laughs> McGlinchey was, like, was good, yeah. I was like, really? They're like, McGlinchey. yo, McGlinchey could hoop, dude. McGlinchey was he, nice. He was so yeah. yeah, he was, <laughs> man. McGlinchey was nice. Hey, thoughts on Ronnie. Thoughts on Ronnie's hoop game. Because it used to be McGlinchey versus Ronnie, and I'm like, Ronnie was so you know supposed Ronnie, Ronnie never he always coasted, you know. McGlinchey always coasted, man. Too big to be, you know, not really backing down on the block and trying to put, you know, dunk on somebody. Oh, yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie was trying to be he was trying to play like cat up in Minnesota. Mm. Yeah, he had to try to shoot threes and stuff. Yeah. Like, Ronnie, yeah. yeah. Ronnie finesse, man. He's too big to be finesse. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. Amir Carlisle joins mm-hmm. myself, Sean Davis. And Malik Zaire. So you go to USC. What transpires that ultimately gets you to end up in South Bend? Yeah, so Notre Dame was my 
shoot, I kind of went through a a lot of different. I had a terrible decision making process, and when I was a kid, you know, eighteen. <laughs> I mean, I had a good, you know, obviously my family was great, but like, you know, you eighteen years old, you feel like you could go anywhere. You know how it is, you know. You guys sat there, and it's like, dang, I could go here, I could go here, and so initially, I wanted to, you know, I was committed to Stanford. And, uh, you know, Stanford was right in my backyard. Then I was like, dang, you know, my friends were like, why do you want to go? You know, you could just basically live at home. Why would you go to Stanford? So I was like, okay, dang, let me go to an official visit to USC. Um, went out down there, you know, LA, SC was still good at the time. And it was like, oh, snap. I had never really spent time in LA. And uh, I was like, man, this, this is dope. Um, and then I went to Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame, it was a one of the biggest snowstorms out there. And I'm like, dang, this is snow is terrible. But like the actual tradition itself around the school, it was like, you could feel that like without, you know, even being cliche, it was like, you know, touchdown Jesus, you know, the golden dome. Um, I really didn't know much about Notre Dame previously. So I did, you know, research, obviously watched the movie Rudy. And it was like, dang, a lot of this stuff hasn't changed in years. Like this is really tradition. And like, the fans are coming to the game regardless, rain or shine, you know, one in 11 or 12 and 0. Um, and that was special. It was like you didn't have that at Stanford where, you know, fans were reading books in the stadium. You didn't have that at SC when they weren't winning. Um, you know, there was nobody in the stadium. Um, ultimately made that decision to go to, you know, sunny California, Southern California initially. Uh, but Notre Dame was always the place that I really wanted to be. I just didn't want to be too far from my family. Um, and my dad, he was with the 49ers at the time, ended up um, being let go when the coaching staff was let go and then went to Purdue. And when they went to Purdue, it opened that door. It was like, OK, you know, my family's now in Indiana. Um, you know, let's make that move now. So made, you know, a couple calls um, and, you know, took another visit to the school. And I was like, you know, shoot, I really want to be here. You know, this is they, they, they really preach that this is a 40 year decision. Um, and really like the guys that were on the team. That was the dopest thing about it, like the school itself. You know, from an experience standpoint, it is what you make it. It's definitely not Los Angeles. It's not USC in terms of like always stuff to do. But the group of guys that came in, like we're all still friends to this day. And that's what made it, you know, so fun to me. It was like, you know, hey, Malik, you know, let's go, you know, get some food. Let's go to Frankie's barbecue today. Or like, let's go play 2K. And it was really just a group of guys that we had that just made it a, you know, it made it such an enjoyable experience. Um, and so, man, you know, it was definitely a, a great decision, um, that, you know, it was family that got me there. Um, but it was really the people that kept me there. With everything you're doing, have you had an opportunity to see what the players at Notre Dame are doing with the Irish Players Club selling of NFTs with 70, uh, I believe 78 percent of the proceeds are going directly to the players on the roster? They launched it yesterday at IrishPlayersClub.com. They held a um, clubhouse last week and they had 2023 and 24 recruits listening in to the launch and what it was going to mean 
And then for me, it was, I thought it was very creative for the current players to put this together since they don't might not have the same type of uh, Texas A&M money to just throw the recruits to come and commit to Texas and Texas A&M. What are your thoughts about the Irish Players Club and the current roster putting together that uh, exciting move? Yeah, I got a lot of thoughts here. That's real right. Quick before we dive into it, um, who? So who's behind it? I saw. So one of the kids that uh, reposted it, I actually was training him. So I saw it when he posted on um, his Instagram. But who? Who's behind the project? So former player Mika Soft is one of the co-founders, okay. and I believe he. Had, I believe he has another. Uh, I think Logan Diggs is one of the founders, who's a current player as well. Those are the only two names I know for sure. They're a part of it. So it's it's current and former Notre Dame players that found yeah. everything. Okay, okay. So thoughts here. I think it's dope. I think it's awesome. I think it's the next wave of how brand marketing is going to operate. Um, I am a big advocate of Web3. Um, in terms of meeting Web3, it's really how can you take ownership of your communities um, and how do you really create aligned interest with your community and i think this is it's a very creative way to create that aligned interest it brings the fans in where they feel like they have more ownership of or not necessarily ownership but they feel more involvement to the players it creates a, a closer direct connection because now i'm not sure how they're going about it but you know you could tie that nft to to different perks different events you know merchandise gloves now that they can actually make money off of things um so i think it it really begins to authenticate and create a more genuine connection between players and fans i think it's a super creative way to monetize on behalf of the players um from two ways one is just for them making money and then two um i think it really it's a, it's a recruiting advantage and I, i've seen that model a couple times and i think it's going to be a model that's really used um because what it is it's like you know it's bringing us into this kind of common pursuit which is notre dame football we all love notre dame football how can we feel like we're a more a part of it um and kind of what we talk about just you know us being a part of the football team, us being a part of the school itself. Like when you said, why do I wear this jacket? Um, and it really comes down to, you know, community as well. You know, that being a part of that type of community, you know, people who are purchasing this Players Club NFT could be, you know, businessmen. They could be businesswomen. Um, that could really actually add value to the players themselves. And so I think it really provides um, beyond just the picture. The picture itself, I think, is really just a representation of how powerful that community can become. Um, and I think it's 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 the first step to really building these aligned communities. And really, um, I think we'll start to see more more of this at the professional ranks. Um, because it's 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 so dope um, when you can really begin to the, the fans and the players are the two sides that make the game go. Without the fans, the game is not popular, and without the players, the game is not played. And so, how can you really begin to maximize value between these two sides? And I think NFTs really provide that bridge where we can really begin to unlock different experiences um, and different connections where we can really begin to build together. So that's really kind of, I think it's dope. Um, and I think it's really going to be a recruiting play um, for these kids, like you said, 2023, 2024 um, and beyond. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Do you think the impact on recruiting is going to extend kids' time at Notre Dame? Like they're going to be more willing to spend that four years being in this NFT area where they're 
getting the check every semester from the proceeds of people buying these NFTs. Mm. Where do you think that a, that's a good thing for college football, getting these kids to stay these all these years, even if they, you know, possibly can, maybe, maybe not get to NFL, get four years of really building an income uh, aside of being a student athlete? Yeah, I, I think kids will definitely spend more time in college now. You look at someone like Jason White from back in the day, um, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, but, you know, he didn't have a career that panned out in the NFL. Imagine, you know, if you're in his position, you're going to maximize every single dollar that you can get in college because, you know, shoot, that was the pinnacle of his athletic career. That was probably his, you know, peak earning um, period. And so, you know, you have kids, like, as you know, there's a lot of, you know, players that don't necessarily translate very well to the NFL, but could be star athletes. Um, and so I think from their standpoint, yeah, shoot, I'd stay longer. Even if you're not a star athlete, man, you know how many people were, you know, coming to us like, hey, we'd love to talk to you about this. We'd love, you know, how many doors were open while we were playing. Um, nowadays, it's, 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 it's different. It's different doors that open for different reasons. But those doors open so easily while we were playing because we were there. We were in the limelight. They were watching us. They were hearing our name. And so, shoot, even if I'm not a star player, I'm like, dang, well, I might start a business now. And let me see if I can leverage some of these connections that are, you know, in my DM saying good game to create my business or whatever it may be. But heck, yeah, I would maximize as much time as I, you know, I'm at this kind of peak notoriety to really leverage these connections and relationships and in, in the brand of Notre Dame itself to, to really maximize my, my money I can make. So let's go to your playing days in Notre Dame. Memorable games. You had the game against Michigan, the elite start mm. off that season. Mm. Incredible game. Mm. Just talk about, because I'm interested in seeing if this conversation stays the same. The most talented team you were on was the year of. Well, definitely. There's, there's no, there's no uh, second thought. It was 2015. Oh god. <laughs> 2015. Right, man, that team was crazy talented now that we look back on it. Um we were just, you know, shoot a couple play calls away from, you know, being in the national championship. Like the talent we had on that team is crazy. Now we just kind of think about it like, dang, like like look at the offensive line alone like how many we had three top 10 picks on the offensive line, a second round pick at center, and then Steve Elmer was a, you know, he was an NFL player too who just decided not to play. Yeah, um, he just decided he didn't want to. Just... Like he just decided he didn't want to. And it's like running backs like CJ, was it Tifo, Dex, you know, and like even the even the young guys on the team were like Miles Boykin, Equinemius, Chris Fink, like shoot, they all in the NFL. So it's like that team yeah, was crazy Guyton. from the talented. Yeah. yeah. Was the guy you know on that team or the year before? Uh, he was EQ. Him, EQ, and Miles are yeah. all in the league together. Oh, they were the year after. Yeah, they were the year after. But they were the, no, they were the year. That was 2015. But I, I know Miles got. I mean, Jalen Guyton left. I don't know if he yeah, left. Yeah. No, or was he? No, he was there. Yeah. Jaylen okay. Guyton. Yes. Yeah. So all he three of them there. are in the league right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it just weird. Yeah, we were deep. So now that's it. Even back then, the wide receivers couldn't get on the field, man. You had EQ, Jalen Brown, and Miles just, just standing on the sideline. Man, you know, the targets were, you know, they were hard to come by, man. And then, you know, then you, had, then you had Will, just throw it to Will, and he going to score. So I'm like, dang, I'm trying to get some targets here. You feel me? Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it was tough getting the ball. 
Because Will was a late addition. If I'm not mistaken, Will was committed to Penn State. Yeah. And Notre Dame, you guys flipped him late. Did you know immediately once Will got to like his first practice, like, yo, this dude is ridiculously fast? Or did it just kind of come over time like, okay, this dude, is, he's going to be kind of nice? Hey, I got my Will story. So we're going to get mad that I told this story, but I stand by the story. So I always look when I my, I took pride in like identifying young guys that had talent and really spending a lot of time with them. You can ask Malik. I, I spent I picked them. I was like, look, I feel like they got potential, whether it be on the field or whether they got potential in the business world. And I would spend time with them. And will somebody who we the um, I wanted to go to this thing called Domer Dance. And uh, <laughs> and so how how me and Will start talking? I needed a T-shirt and to get the Domer dance, but he he could only get that T-shirt. I wanted to just, you know check out scope the scene, see you know see the new kids coming to campus, and um and so that's how we started talking, and we used to talk during that season. That was my was that 2013. His freshman year was 2013, and so that season that was I was coming back from uh, my ankle injury, and um. Started to the first two or three games, ended up fumbling in Purdue, and I got benched that year for pretty much the whole season after that. It was a pretty – it was a tough time for me mentally because it was like, you know, I knew I was talented, but, you know, the coaches, you know, I made one mistake and they had a short leash, and so I never had a chance to really get back out there that season. Um, and so me and him spent a lot of time on the sideline together. So we used to just, you know, talk at practice on the sideline. And um, I remember it was Stanford, and uh, he got out there. You know, I, he got out there. He like toasted the DB, and then uh, Tommy had underthrew him. So he came back to the sideline, and he said, "Dang, bro, I could have been the hero." I said, "Look, bro, <laughs> I said, look, you gonna get your time. You are gonna be the hero. Trust me." It and it's crazy. Then his sophomore year, and that's when you know the rest was history in terms of what you know he did and put his name into the record books. But it was really during those times in practice. Um, and having all those conversations, I was like, you know, this dude, he really, you know, he got something. He didn't come in as like a highly acclaimed recruit, but like, man, he would run like a little lizard on top of water, um, and nobody could catch him. So that was, you know, that's my, my one Will story from his freshman year. Yeah. I second that. Will definitely would just, he didn't come in highly acclaimed, but it was, it just was, for me, it was one-on-ones. It was just like, he ran a go route one time and it was just so, Will was just so Will at the time, and it was the the speed in it. And at the time, people were underthrowing him. And then he went into the Michigan State game after like a couple one on ones we saw during the week. Gets to the Michigan State game against Trey Waynes, and and this is like, you know, Trey Waynes. He was like top corner at the time. Next thing you know, dude, dude takes off and he catches. And it was a it was a great catch, by the way. The, the catch is a hard over the shoulder type of deal, but he burnt them. You know, and that was just like the thing that stuck out. Like, oh, he, he burnt him, though. Like, okay, we got something. You know, we got – because TJ at the time was the one. Right? That was the – he was the one at that time. So, we was force-feeding TJ. But TJ wasn't, like, as fast as Will. So, it was like he became, like, that Tyreek Hill take the top off. And then that's when the Rucker game came around. And, you know, that pinstripe bowl where he – Burn some dudes again, like Lemire was saying. And Tommy underthrew a couple post routes. And we were just like, 
Damn, yeah, we just all knew that he was going to be the targeted guy coming in the next year for sure. 